Our fifth lesson comes from the Gospel of Luke, and I'm going to read a few extra verses to give us some context. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, cloths, and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that we would see you this morning. Whether we're distracted by plenty or by want, by hardship, or overwhelming comfort. Let us see that we're all in the same position here today, that all of us are the reason that you came to earth so many years ago, because nothing less than your intervention can save us. Let us see in the shepherd's fear our fear. Let us also see in the angel's message of joy how we might also encounter joy. Father, would you meet our longings in the person of your Son, as miraculous as that would be, as hard to believe as that is. We pray that by your Spirit, you would accomplish that this Advent season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I love scaring my kids. I mean, I love it, probably in an unhealthy way. And When I see them coming up the steps from school, I'll run to the door to get behind the door so that when they open it, I'm behind them and I can go, ah! In fact, Oliver came downstairs while I was working on this sermon. This illustration, and you know what I did? I scared him. Came down the stairs, I scared him. Well, I inherited this strange, demented joy from my dad. And I remember one particular time where I was, while I was playing with my friend. I was probably 10 years old, maybe fifth grade. And my dad had built this really, really unique room in our house. And you could only get to it by a ladder. And uh, he turned this loft into a playroom for us. So we had this huge train set. All of our toys were up there. And we could just go upstairs and get lost and have fun for hours on end. And my friend and I were up there one night. He was spending the night over. And there were two windows in this loft. One is about 10 feet off the ground. The other window is over the roof. And so you could access the window if you had a ladder. Well, my dad found this hideous, terrifying goblin mask. Not funny scary, but scary scary. And he got on the roof and put on the mask and stood by this window while we were playing (laughs) and just waited and waited And you know how you have that sense that there's something in your peripheral vision that doesn't fit? Well, I turned and screeched, absolutely screeched like only a fifth grade, you know, a 10-year-old pre-adolescent boy can screech. 
this awful goblin creature was staring at me. No noise, no movement, just perfectly still staring into my soul. You've heard of this fight or flight. Well, there was no fight. It was just flight, whatever I could do to get away. And my dad just doubles over, cracking up laughing on the roof. And he runs in to tell my mom of this glorious achievement that he has, that he has you know, um, accomplished. He got incredible joy through my fear. This angel that comes and appears to these shepherds must have known that the sight of him was going to bring, was going to strike great fear into these shepherds' hearts. But what joy the angel must have had. Not the demented joy of a father scaring his son, his dearly beloved child, but the joy of bringing this message of salvation, the joy of telling them that he has an amazing gift for them. Great fear and great joy. The shepherds are being given this astounding, incredible gift, and it's this amazing message, but at first, it terrifies them. The old King James Version says they were sore afraid. And here you have this typical ancient way of making a strong point by repeating a word. The Greek word for fear is phobos, And literally, the Greek here says they were phobeo phobos. They were afraid with fear. They were terrified. When someone jumps out and scares you from behind a door, you may be phobeo. But if it's a goblin staring at you in the dark, you're phobeo phobos. You're terrified. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Why were they terrified? Does it make for much discussion? It seems pretty obvious, right? They were in their fields, and all of a sudden, this tremendous, inexplicable sight comes upon them. There's this angel that appears to them, not a precious moments type of angel, but a scary angel, an angel that brings fire and light and the radiant glory of God. And that's what We need to see because there's something deeper just then this angel appearing to them in the middle of the fields, probably at night, that that would certainly be scary, but there's something more deeper here. How does the angel seek to assuage the fear of the shepherds? Well, it's not by explaining, well, here's the physics of how this happens. You're you're pre-modern people and, you know, there's stars in the sky and lights and so forth. He doesn't seek to explain how he has appeared in terms of the physics or the phenomenon, or telling them that their fears are unfounded or irrational. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm a nice angel. He doesn't say this. He says, no, fear not, because I have a message for you. I want to tell you something that will take away your fear, and not only that, will lead you into inexplicable joy. Luke is here relaying to us not simply an historic episode, but a representative episode. And we need to see ourselves in these shepherds. We need to see our fear in their fear. What they were afraid of wasn't so much this physical phenomenon, but the appearance of the light of God. The glory of the Lord shone around them. Glory is God's character. It's His majesty. It's His radiant holiness. His radiant light. And it's this 
that causes fear because it's shown around them. They had nowhere to go. They were hemmed in. Nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. If, you li- if you're like me, you like to think of yourself as one who seeks truth, one who seeks light. We're not hiding from enlightenment. Well, what happens when that light or that truth contradicts our most cherished narratives about ourselves? What do you do when the light threatens your core values, your core beliefs, your sense of who you are? When that light shines and says, actually, you are not in control of your lives. If you're like me, you avoid it. You hide from it. You prefer to stay in the dark. You prefer to live by our narratives, even if they're false, even if they provide false comfort. Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. Light that exposes our true selves, that uncovers our vulnerability, isn't light that we seek out. It's light that makes us afraid. It's light that makes us sore afraid. Just like these shepherds. Because these shepherds knew then more than any other time in their lives that they were creatures that they were contingent, that they couldn't control their lives, that they couldn't control their world. And so so they were afraid, just like you and I would be. Christmas conjures up these images of chestnuts roasting on an open fire, of Linus with his blankie reciting the Christmas story, nostalgia for Christmas past and Christmas future, and closeness of family. But Christmas also starts... Advent starts, if we recognize what Advent is saying, it begins with terror. It begins with fear because it disrupts our world. It changes and contradicts some of our most cherished narratives about ourselves. But then what changes fear to joy? Because the angel says, fear not. It begins with fear, but it doesn't end with fear. They find out what changes their fear to joy is they find out that the person who is in control is a God who harbors an inexplicable love for them, who is for them, who brings them joy, who longs for them to have the joy that they long for. The angel said to them in verse 10, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I want you to see here the goal that is joy. Finding our longings met in this Advent explanation of how the world works and what is true. We need to see the goal that is joy, but also the means that is the agent. It says, I bring you. The angel of the Lord speaking on behalf of God says, I bring you joy. What were these shepherds doing? They're out in their fields, they're tending their sheep, they're hanging out, they're talking, they're doing their job, and grace comes upon them. I bring you news of great joy. And if you're investigating Christianity this morning, these three words lie at the very heart of its uniqueness. Because what the angel says is not adopt this new system of spirituality, try to be a better person, live by this moral code, and you'll be acceptable to your friends and to me. No, it says, I bring you. God comes upon you. God comes down. As I often say at 
at our baptisms. Grace comes upon those who don't deserve it and who aren't necessarily looking for it. We don't need a teacher alone. We don't need a guru alone, a guide alone. We don't need a moral example alone. We need light to shine in our darkness. We need light to illuminate the darkness of our hearts. We need a Savior. Verse 11, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Do not fear. Behold, a Savior has been born in the town of David. God knew these shepherds were afraid. And God knew that we were afraid. And most of us are afraid. As we go through life, if we're honest, we recognize that we can't control our lives. We can't guarantee a paycheck at the end of the month. We can't guarantee that some terrible illness is not going to take up resonance in our body. We can't guarantee the future. And we live in fear. God knew these shepherds were afraid. He knew that we were afraid. And He sent us His Son to carry away our fears forever. You see, though we were afraid, Jesus was courageous in our place. Though we prefer hiding, Jesus was stripped naked and exposed. Though we cling to lies about ourselves, Jesus is the truth, and He brings Himself as the truth. And our fear turns to joy when we behold, when we really come to the realization that though everyone else may reject us, though we can't control our lives or pay for our sins, that God sends a Son, a Messiah, a Lord, a Savior. That in our dark and scary world, there's light. And in our dark and scary hearts, Jesus can take up resonance. This announcement gives rise to fear. God has come like so many times that He has in the past, in the Old Testament. He comes with power, with a display of His greatness, with fiery intensity, with radiant light. But this message leads to a revelation of a God in a manger. A child who brings hope to a place that is dingy and unimpressive and dark. And Jesus, we see, God is not afraid to take up residence in places like this. He's not afraid to take up residence in hearts like yours and like mine. In fact, that's where He's most at home. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would not fear the light, that we would walk into it, as scary as that might be, that we would be willing to give up our most cherished narratives about ourselves when they are not the truth. I pray, pray that though Your Advent declaration that You are Lord, that You are King, that You are Messiah, hems us in. It takes our control away. It says that we can't be our own masters, our own saviors. Yet I pray that we would find in that revelation great joy, that we can give up control, that we can also give up our fear and turn to joy. Lord, we pray that this would happen for each of us that is um, in this congregation, each of us that are hearing this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.